Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Thursday, the 10th of November. First up, Elon Musk launches blue check marks and leftists cope and see at galaxy levels. I have to report, sir, this the check mark has hit Twitter. Twitter Blue has launched. That's right. Twitter Blue has launched. And all the typical mm, suspects, I would say, are in full cope and seethe mode. Now, I have said from the beginning, I don't really love the idea of paying for a check mark. I understand what he's trying to do. By paying for it, you end up with like some semblance of like a, a actual account. But like for someone like me, the verified tab, I'll never use it. It's not like I get hundreds or thousands of responses to tweets that I do. And I want to see all of you. And I don't want people to have to pay $8 for me to see them. I, if you had 20 million followers, I guess that's something. It does become more effective in like finding actual accounts. But again, I don't really deal with a lot of bots. Uh, I mean, NPCs I have plenty of, but bots are, are not something I really deal with. Um, so about seven hours ago, they started rolling this out in uh, iOS. So a lot of people asked, you know, I'm on Android and uh, I'm assuming when they roll out Android, it probably won't be very long. You can uh, get it. Uh, a workaround uh, is uh, if you sign up using an iDevice. So if you have an iPad or something laying around or a buddy of yours has an iPad, you can log in and sign up for it and, and it works. I assume Android will be any day now, so I wouldn't like be going out and buying an iPad to do it um, if you really wanted it. Now, there are several differentiating factors that exist, but uh, you know the media, again, coping and seething. Here's The Verge. Everyone knows you paid to be verified. Again, they're starting from a, a position that anybody thinks having the checkmark means you're more important. I don't believe that. I paid for Twitter Blue so that I could upload my 10 to 14 minute long videos to YouTube and potentially make a few pennies out of it. Really, more importantly, I think people are on Twitter more and they're less apt to want to leave the app to go to another app. So I'm hoping that it leads to higher viewership. I don't really care about the money difference. I just want the reach difference. And then maybe they'll come watch my videos or maybe they'll buy some coffee or you know support a sponsor. So for me, I'm at that size. And, and really for, for smaller creators, if you're just starting out, eight bucks a month is pretty cheap to be able to upload long form videos um, and potentially monetize them and offset that. Uh, and you see Twitter's solution for ru ruining verification is another check mark, which is true. So it shows the blue check on top, which is essentially then separated into two types. You have this account is verified because it's notable or in government news, entertainment, and other designated categories, or the other verified. If you click it, the account is verified because it's subscribed to Twitter blue. Uh, so if you, if you pull mine up, for example, you could see like David Jaffe's really upset. Like, and you know, <laughs> he's like, okay, I got the check, but it's not the blue one. I will never, ever get the blue one, but I was already subscribed to Twitter blue when it was $3 a month. Posting long videos was gold and very much worth it. I can live with the price hike. Um, but you do. So if I click on his verification thing, it says this account is verified because it's subscribed to Twitter blue. Ah, ha, 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 everyone knows you paid for it. Um, but see, I don't care if they if I could have access to, let's say, just every other feature that they continue to add and then they get rid of the check mark. I don't care about that. Um, now, underneath that, for like government officials, they added this thing under Twitter, checkmark official, underneath that. I, I think Elon underestimated how many people are going to want to pay for this, uh, but I could be wrong. Like, I, 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 I guess I'll know in the, in the next coming days. By the way, if you're enjoying the coverage here, obviously I don't only talk about Elon. Would greatly appreciate if you subscribed down below, whether you're watching on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, or Rumble. Uh, absolutely would appreciate it. Helps a ton. So Twitter's rolling out another type of checkmark to help distinguish accounts that users actually need to know are real. Wah, wah, wah. Although you can pay $7.99 a month for a blue checkmark, 
With the new version of Twitter Blue, select accounts for governments, companies, or public figures will get a gray official checkmark, according to a thread from Twitter's Esther Crawford, who's heading up the new Twitter Blue initiative. A lot of folks have asked about how you'll be able to distinguish between Twitter Blue subscribers and blue checkmarks of accounts that are verified as official, which is why we're introducing the official label to select accounts when we launch. Accounts that will receive it include government accounts, commercial companies, business partners, or major media outlets, publishers, and some public figures. Some. I don't think any public figures should really have it unless they're in, even if they're in politics, why should they be uh, set above anybody else? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but you end up with, you know, uh, the situation being previously verified does not automatically mean you'll get the new official label. Ha ha. Ha And you can't buy the label, meaning Twitter will be the one making the call on who will have it. Perhaps there will be people uh, to request. Perhaps people will be able to request to be verified because the idea definitely didn't cause any problems for Twitter in the past. Get wrecked. Crawford shared a screenshot of the label on the profile page. But it's actually not on the account yet, which isn't too surprising given that Twitter Blue is reportedly launching November 9th. That's today. So some of the math. Musk recently paid $44 billion. I think it's funny how everyone's like, oh, you paid so much money for it. So here's what the new Twitter CEO is doing to bring the back in the box. Charge users a monthly fee for verification status. You may have heard the spin. He's doing it to level the playing field with the masses and the elite blue checks. But that's not based on reality. The truth is Musk is hoping an $8 a month subscription will make up for lost ad revenue. Incorrect. They aren't losing ad revenue. They're increasing ad revenue. Again, this is a fake narrative. So, if Musk really thinks Twitter users will pay $8 a month in droves, thereby solving all of his cash flow problems, he's in for a rude awakening. There's a reason why Netflix, arguably one of the most successful subscription services with its 223 million global subscribers, is even moving to an ad model. Uh, yeah, they got bloated and they lost too many subscribers. Let's not pretend that Netflix isn't making money. So if you say like, you know, with 238 million active daily users, uh, you could possibly max out at about 2 billion in additional revenue per month, 2 billion per month, but you're not going to get a hundred percent uptake. You're not even going to get maybe 1% uptake one to 2% uptake would be insane. For Twitter, used, for Twitter Blue to become Twitter's largest source of revenue, all users would not need to sign up. It wouldn't even require half of the user base to sign up. It would likely happen if just one-third of users signed up for Twitter Blue. Now, here's the thing. This is what I'm talking about. Right now, people are laughing and they're saying, that's, and myself included, like, you know, unless you're a content creator, like, you're either paying it for the meme or you're paying it for uh, uh, the, the content. Like for me, if you're a content creator, but remember when Amazon started charging for prime and then they rolled out video service and music services. Once your credit cards in, they can start raising that price. Oh, just a dollar more a month. You can get these new features. Just $2 more a month. The first dollar, this is e-commerce 101 for journalists who are trying to write about e-commerce. The very first dollar is the most difficult to get from a customer. Once their payment information is saved in your website, Every conversion after that is exceedingly easier, like significantly easier, okay? This is as of Twitter's last reported quarter, quarter to a 238 million users, a third would be 78 million. 78 million users paying $96 a year is nearly 7.5 billion. But Twitter wouldn't get all of that, of course. Um, you know, there's 400,000 current verified users. If they sign up, are there 10 times that amount who want to be verified? That's 4 million users or just 2% of the base. If what if the users want verification is 50 times the amount of the accounts? You know what I mean? Like the, the idea is if you end up with, you know, a million, 2 million, 3 million, 10 million people, you know, $80 million a month is a lot of revenue to bring in. You're talking about billions, uh, you know, once you scale this stuff out. So once Elon has the money, he can add the value. Um, yes, it still distinguishes, but you can see, you know, live fo footage of Twitter blue users getting their verified blue check marks. Um, new indignity for Android users dropped under the new rules, democratizing the Twitter check mark. You can only get their check mark if you subscribe to Twitter blue through iOS. I mean, that they're going to fix that, I'm sure. 
Trigger Blue is a problem. Misinformation is so easy to spread, and the damage it can cause can have a real impact. Much more of an impact than fake game announcement. You know your own massive play. Like, oh, sit down, Valve. I mean, this isn't really Valve. Uh, I wonder if you paid for it. Oh, it is verified because it's subscribed to Twitter Blue. Ha <laughs> ha! See, you can just find that out. You know, like, so you create the account, you pay for Twitter Blue, and, but I can see, see how easy it is to actually verify? The, the meltdown is ridiculous. I think this is really, you have to look long-term, and that's why this is important. The more people Elon can get to give him this credit card information, the more money he's gonna be able to make down the line. And next up, shocking new Rings of Power data shows massive viewership drop and rumors they are scrapping season one. Well, I'd say this is a pretty big bombshell to be coming out uh, on the heels of what well, we basically already knew that uh, average viewership for the Rings of Power uh, has been down. What we all suspected was that it would continue to go down week after week after week after week, that it would continue to go down and down and down and down. And we now have confirmation of that fact on top of a new rumor that they are considering rebooting the entire show, which is hilariously something that I even suggested that they might do because they have invested so much money that they literally could just say, you know what? Season one was a standalone story. We're going to change it up. We're maybe going to use uh, Guy Ladriel a little bit less. We're going to be a little less uh, disrespectful to the lore. And we're going to kind of try to give people a little bit more of like what the original trilogy films were like. And they could actually turn this around. Now, here's some interesting from, from a day ago. It became kind of easy to take uh, shots at Amazon's Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Jeff Bezos spent a historic amount of money on this thing. And while it's not a terrible series... It didn't set the world on fire quite like Amazon wanted it to, whelming critics and audiences in huge numbers. Viewership numbers tend to track this impression. According to new analysis from Variety, people spent 1% fewer minutes watching the show with every single passing week. The biggest drop-off came after the first two episodes, which is exactly what I suspected, which were released together. There was a decline of 20% after that suggesting that a lot of people watch these two premiere episodes and then decided not to continue. Variety sees this as a very bad sign for Rings of Power, which is filming its second season as we speak. But there are other numbers. The latest rating numbers from Nielsen, for example, only cover everything through the seventh and penultimate episode of the show, The Eye. The week the episode came out, the Rings of Power was watched for 988 million minutes, which is a lot of minutes. It came in second place on the streaming charts behind Netflix's Dahmer, which was uh, streamed for 2.4 billion minutes. We'll see what viewership looks like after the finale, but traditional, traditionally comes with an uptick. According to Parrot Analytics, there was a burst in demand from the show after the final uh, episode, although we'll note that the demand is different from actual ratings. I mean, demand is just like global searches and things of that nature. But now, it's entirely possible... This is what I think happened after those first two episodes. People were like, meh, maybe I'll come back and watch it later. Because most people who are subscribed to Prime don't do so seasonally. Like, uh, I think it's really smart. Like, if you're really smart with your money, you're only subscribed to, like, Netflix seasonally for when the new shows that you want to watch are out, and then you binge them and you dump it. Same with Disney Plus or something like that. Um, Amazon Plus or Amazon Prime is pretty much a year-round thing. People want their two-day shipping. By the way... Uh, you know, the, perce the perception is that you're saving money with Prime, but that isn't always the case. So, you know, as the world, you know, as the United States tightens its belt a little bit and looks to perhaps need to uh, have another two years of that, uh, you know, always remember that you can, uh, you know, just check other places. Even like Target and Walmart are oftentimes cheaper and offer free shipping on stuff anyway. Um, Basically, there's conflicting data. Whatever the problems Rings of Power ran into during his first season is too early to write it off. Well, there was this initial rumor that they were going to get rid of the showrunners. Amazon to delay demotion of Lord of the Rings showrunner, the Rings of Power showrunners to avoid sinking first season's Emmy odds. I can't, um, I can't imagine a world where there's actual like fair reviews and fair ratings that would give this show an Emmy. 
I mean, just because you spend a bunch of money, I, I you know, I don't know what what would what would you even be playing an Emmy for? The soundtrack sucked, the acting sucked, the script sucked, the visuals, vi video effects maybe. I mean, even that was only okay. Rather than be demoted for season two, the latest word on the street is suggests that Amazon will keep current Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay in their current roles for at least one more outing in order to boost the first season's chance of securing an Emmy. As previously reported, word of Payne and McKay's apparent relegation to the series writer room was first shared by noted film critic and industry insider and film threat founder Chris Gore during an appearance on the 314th episode of YouTube livestream show's Midnight's Edge in the Morning. I heard from someone who has connected Amazon. If you want to know that effectively they're going to be retooling, he explained, and Payne and McKay are more than likely they're not going to be publicly fired, but their role will be reduced. Potentially just remaining in the writer's room, he added, but my understanding is they're looking for more experienced showrunners. Well, I mean, they just had, like, you know, they... I, I don't know. I mean, how do you bring somebody else in who's more experienced without then rocking the boat and making headlines? It would seem to me that, you know, this would be the type of thing that would grab more headlines and lead to more embarrassment. This via bounding into comics.com. This on top of yet another rumor from yesterday. New rumor claims that Prime Video is going to completely reboot the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power after a creatively bankrupt first season. The new rumor claims Prime Video will be completely rebooting The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power following the first season, um, where they chose to throw a token and replace it with intersectional feminism. Now, the new rumor comes from YouTuber Gary Buchler of Nerdrotic, by the way, who has been a very solid, uh, very solid source of information. Quote, we've heard rumors from my man, uh, Chris Gore, that the showrunners might, up being the, might end up being the fall guys. But we might have to wait until after award season to see if that actually happens. He then adds, I also heard they're going to do a full-on reboot with this series and try to pretend that the last two months never happened. Roll out the publicity and maybe roll out some more influencers to try to get people to binge the Rings of Power. Good luck. Buchler went on to state, I'm just saying Nerdrotic, so he gets some shine for his channel. Nerdrotic went on to state that, and add to that, what if I told you that the Rings of Power did not start this way? it was never meant to be a woke intersectional disaster. It didn't have not Gandalf. It didn't have repurposed hobbits. It didn't have Halbrand of Sauron. And it didn't have warrior Galadriel. What if I told you this show was usurped by people like Lindsay Weber and Jennifer Salky? And what if I told you that the fan attacks came from the top? More on that in my next Rings of Power video he teased. Bolstering the rumor that he heard Prime Video will reboot the series going forward he speculated the show will see massive viewer fall off in the second season. I would suspect that too. If you lost 20% after the first two episodes, that's not the direction that you want to be uh, headed uh, at all. You know, it's just it's just not. And I do suspect, given that they just started filming, and, and some of the early rumors are it might be as more than a year, more than a year uh, before we see season two, I imagine that time frame might be completely different or it might be even more extended if they're looking to reboot it. Um, is anyone going to care? It's like, um, it's like when a lot of these shows went off air during the lockdowns, right? Um, they saw massive viewership drops because people just forgot about them and stopped caring. Like legitimately, they just said, forget it. Uh, you know, I forgot. I suddenly no longer like emotionally invest. That's what happened to me with, um, like the walking dead, for example, I was just like, I, I don't, uh, really care anymore. It's, they had like an off year or something like that. And then by the time I came back, I was like a season behind. I was like, ah, forget it. Now quote, I'm guessing you're going to see going to lose half of your audience in the first episode of season two. And it's just going to go down from there. I'm guessing you're going to end up with a lot like Westworld which just so happens to be another bad reboot, reboot product, a uh, bad robot that just got canceled, except the big difference is Westworld had a good first season. You might've had the chance if you had a normal bad show and didn't attract fans, but you did. And now you're going to suffer the consequences of a perfect failure because that's what it is. The one thing Amazon, Amazon did right 
was everything wrong. Good, well worded. Good, very good wording, uh, Gary. Neurotics claim of rebooting the series moving forward echoes what film threat founder and industry insider Chris Gore said during his appearance on Midnight's Edge in the morning. I heard from someone, <clears throat> we know that, you know, retooling the show, getting rid of those showrunners. I mean, where do you even go from here? The thing is, when you look at House of the Dragon, is that what it's called? Yeah, House of the Dragon, Dragon. Uh, it kept going up and up and up. Now we know that Rings of Power went down and down and down. And the fact that you lost 20% uh, uh, viewership after season two, and then it went down every week after that, I mean, maybe people are like, eh, I'll come back and get to it. But like, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think people are interested enough to kind of work it out and, and try to suffer through it. I just don't. And next up today, SNL staff meltdown over Dave Chappelle hosting and immediately regret lying about boycott. I don't know if you remember this show. It's called Saturday Night Live. A lot of you are probably thinking, oh, that show that used to be on a million years ago. Um, no, no, it's actually still on. It's suffering from the worst ratings probably in history and likely should go off the air because they've just given up. They, Without the orange man, they've got nothing funny to say. And really, the show is only worth tuning into when they have a huge celebrity guest that's actually interesting, like Elon Musk, which had some good bits and some kind of fell flat, or like the upcoming Dave Chappelle, except the lily-livered uh, writing staff from Saturday Night Live, which is fine insulting the you know um, women as long as they're Republicans and uh, getting vile and, and, and crossing the line uh, into personal attacks, uh, suddenly are all boycotting now because Dave Chappelle is set to host the first show back. It's an amazing meltdown that was entirely predictable. A bunch of people that have accomplished nothing in their lives trying to boycott Dave Chappelle. SNL writers are boycotting Dave Chappelle's hosting gig this weekend after furor over the controversial Netflix special, The Closer. They're still mad about that? Saturday Night Live staff writers are boycotting this weekend show, so maybe it'll actually be funny to have Dave Chappelle host it over the decision of Dave Chappelle host it. This is what happens when you let the patients run the asylum. This is part of the reason SNL hasn't been funny in a million years. The news about the 49-year-old comedian was confirmed during last week's episode with the long-running sketch show, which was hosted by Amy Schumer. Well, I'm sure she had lots of jokes about her period uh, and her vag or whatever. Uh, I'm sure they were... Uh, that were enjoyed by tens of people worldwide. But some staff writers at New York City's 30 Rockefeller Plaza are said to be furious that the showrunners have chosen the controversial Chappelle to host due to his history of making phobic jokes. The SNL writers are so angry, they are boycotting the episode, and Insider is told page six. The show's actors will not be taking a stand. The Insider notice. <laughs> imagine, imagine being a comedian and boycotting maybe the most the most famous like current comedian on the planet. They're not going to do the show. The unnamed insider was quoted as saying by the news site, but none of the actors are boycotting. However, a representative for Chappelle said that there had been no signs of a boycott when he had attended meetings with the writers during the week. Oh, they were, so they so they were boycotting, but when he was there, they said nothing to him. They, they had nothing to say to him when uh, he was writing. And you see this, I'm a trans non-binary, and I use they, them pronouns. Transphobia is murder! What? No, it isn't. What? And she is, and this person is a writer on the show. Maybe that's why it's not funny. Do you ever think that? Maybe maybe hiring people based on checking boxes probably wasn't like the best, uh, most intelligent decision. Chappelle was at 30 Rock on Tuesday where he met with both writers and producers to hear ideas. The comedian's rep told Page Six the room was full of writers. They all pitched ideas and seemed very excited about it. Dave was looking to have some fun, they added. After Saturday's announcement that Chappelle would be hosting non-binary SNL writer Celeste Yim posted a picture of themselves, don't care, you're, I mean, imagine that. You've done nothing with your life. You're completely irrelevant. Uh, and this is all you can do is to 
you know, boycott somebody who's actually funny. I, I mean, what? Of course, it's unclear whether Yim is one of the writers boycotting this weekend's show. I'm sure they are. Daily, Motion had, uh, Daily Mail had contacted NBC about the reports of a boycott for comment. It has all been pointed, or it has been pointed out by observers that the forthcoming installment of the show will air just after midterm elections. Variety has reported that the comedian's appearance on the show would mark the third time that he would host the program following an election. Chappelle is also set to be joined by rap duo Blackstar, who will serve as the evening's musical guests. He last hosted the show well before the release of Netflix's special, The Closer, uh, which angered some viewers, like tens of viewers, again. I mean, it, it, it's it's like, I don't understand why some people think that, you know, like being equal doesn't mean also getting roasted. Like, I mean, it seems like completely acceptable and even profitable to be roasting say example, you know, for example, white men, white males, um, constantly. Uh, but if you make a single joke about a trans individual, you get canceled. Why? I thought equality meant that we were all the same, that we could make jokes about it, each other. And then like update two, Dave Chappelle at SNL working with writers, full cast representative denies boycott. And then you see SNL staff writers boycott over Chappelle. I don't think they actually did boycott. I think I think it's a lie. I think one person probably boycotted and and like the media picked it up because they get to put Dave Chappelle in the headline. Like I'm sure he'll have a couple of groaners on Saturday night, but like you better believe I'll be watching clips. Like I'm down to see what his opening monologue's going to be 100%. We're told that now it's some staff writers are furious they're not going to do the show, an insider said, but Chappelle's rep told us that there was that there was no. So essentially, here's probably what happened. Here's probably what happened. That one writer is boycotting it. And they're trying to make it way bigger than it really is. Like they're, they're trying to turn this into a big thing. Like, you know, even though I was born visible, I identify as invisible. Therefore, I am transparent. My parent, my preferred pronouns are who and where. And so that's funnier than anything SNL has written in years. I mean, like, you know, Chappelle's going to do a trans joke. You just know it. Like, there's no way he's not. I mean, you have all sorts of articles like, you know, like Kanye, Kendrick and Dave Chappelle are making disappointing change uh, choices. Why? Like, I don't really understand what this is. Like, I, I don't even understand you know, Wes, Lamar, and Chappelle were once heroes to me. They made it their business to be symbols for young black men. They use their art to name injustice, poetry, or portray it vividly, render it clearly, and blast through those who are responsible for it. They filled a cultural void and served as spokespeople. Now they are no longer fit for the job. What? Wes has mistaken hateful screds and personal grudges as speaking truth to power. Chappelle has lost the plot on where he should direct his fiery skill and Lamar simply doesn't want the job anymore. Why? You, you don't like you don't like Dave Chappelle roasting trans people? Is that what it is? Let me just be honest with you. This may be an inconvenient truth, but uh, when Dave Chappelle um, makes jokes at the expense of trans people, he is speaking truth to power—a different kind of power, power that exists on the internet. Uh, if you want to look at, you know, this thing that exists is, is trans privilege online, not in real life. I know it's a difficult road for trans individuals, but for those that want to use it as a shield, they are above uh, all criticism. For those that want to use it for profit, they are pushed to the front of the line. Um, there was a, a prominent, I mean, a, I mean, there's essentially a nobody streamer who is uh, happens to be trans who, uh, you know, <laughs> got quote-unquote swatted, which really wasn't the case, um, one time, and there are a thousand articles written about it, $100,000 plus raised for their quote-unquote safety. I don't know. I got swatted about a dozen times. Not one article was written. And I have a million subscriber platform, and everyone knew about it. Not one journalist wrote about it. Tim Pool's been swatted a dozen times. There's like no, not a single article about it. No money raised off it. 
no no changes to legislature over it that i mean it, it's it's it, and, th and this is also somebody who literally almost got an entire website shut down and, and seems to be able to get people banned at will so you know th there is a <laughs> some argument to dave Chappelle actually speaking truth to power i again i know it's a tough road in real life but uh, online it's probably the most impenetrable shield imaginable I hope you enjoyed this video. I'll be looking forward. I won't be tuning into SNL because they won't get my ratings, but I'll be looking forward to clips online of uh, the impending outrage. And next up, AOC has total meltdown after Elon Musk forces Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to talk to the plebs. Uh, reminder, tonight is Sydney Walton and I's show at 5.30 Central Time. Uh, I, well, actually, just a little after 5. Uh, so I really hope to see you there. 5.05 we usually start. Uh, we're going to be talking midterms and her trip to Australia and all that kind of stuff. But uh, in the meantime, while she's been gone, uh, <clears throat> AOC had another melty induced by the checkmark changes to Twitter. And it's been absolutely hilarious to watch. Look, I've been pretty open about my questioning of kind of selling checkmarks because it just, <clears throat> the, 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 I just wish they would just fix the verification system in general, because like the whole check mark versus non check mark thing, uh, you know, creating a situation where uh, it's no longer the elite versus the plebes, it's actually still kind of that way. Because if you don't have that extra $100 a year or don't want to, you're still like separated from the conversation. That's why I don't really use my verified tab. I used. I signed up for Twitter Blue exclusively for the longer being able to upload longer videos to Twitter and get access to monetization. Hopefully, I couldn't care less about the check mark if it goes away or not. It's a little funny though, because when you get into these celebrities' menchies now, you know they're seeing your replies. That's why their meltdown has been uh, absolutely hilarious. So you had AOC here. Wait, um, actually, it's Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Wait, so if people can pay $8 to get verified, does that mean strangers can just pay to get in their mentions tab? Because that will make following public conversations with journalists, outlets, and others almost impossible to track. Instagram has this issue and it's unusable in that regard. Well, welcome to the rest of us. This is what all of us have to do clown shoes all of us have to read conversations like that are you saying as a uh, elected official you're you're dumb you you can't handle following a conversation in a threaded format there are even tools like thread reader and stuff like that that you can use to make threads much easier to follow aoc the checkmark change has affected her probably the most she has probably been the most affected because that's the crazy thing about the, the new checkmark thing is that now they have to see your roasts. Now they're saying, oh, it's trolls. It's not trolls. I'm not a troll. I just happen to know that AOC only looks at her verified tab because she never replies to anybody who's not verified. She continues. If so, it definitely seems like a tool that's ripe for targeted harassment, especially women. Oh, not women again. God, it's such a stupid virtue signal. What what she's saying in this conversation, you know, world ends women most affected. What she's saying in this is that it matters more because women. Why? I don't know. I thought they were strong and independent and didn't need no man. I mean, they're in our government, they're serving in our military. They're, they're, they're police officers. Why can't, they can't deal with criticism? That's an awfully anti-woman opinion to have. Uh, what's interesting is now you see like nuance, bro. Sup, Jessica O'Donnell. Admit you just want to date her. No, no. Um, so, so you're admitting you're pissed that you might see the mentions of your constituents? Question mark. It's true. $8. You work for us. You're not royalty. 
sends 60 billion to Ukraine, but complains about $8 a month. I mean, like, Jay Coco, delete this. Oh no, you're hearing from your constituents. I'm so terribly sorry this is happening to you. I mean, that's, that's it. She will only hear from the constituents that pay for access. That is not what free speech is supposed to be. You shouldn't have to pay to access a politician. Well, then don't elect politicians that only read their verified tab. You know, that's a choice. Welcome to being comment. Girl, you know you want to spend the $8. That's a latte. The amount of Twitter brings, the value that Twitter brings far surpasses that, maybe even on a daily basis. You see, like, people are just, uh, did, you do know it's your job to engage with your constituents as a congresswoman, yes? And then you see, like, this, uh, this journal here, already been experiencing this. The verified tab, which I use to keep track of journalist conversations, is now the Musk Stan Club. Even if like the checkmark thing goes away in like a month or two, it will be worth it because it is absolutely ruining these people's, these people's existence. Like they, they, you see like uh, the Daily Show coping, I paid a dollar a month, I'm the Elon Musk now. Even my reply, uh, of course, did did quite well uh, with 2,600. I said, I know you only look at the verified tab because you believe in your heart that you're better than everyone else. Therefore, I know you're going to read this. The best $8 I ever spent. Also, you suck. Your policies suck. And you've accomplished nothing as essentially an e-girl. And I know she read that because she's only going to a verified tab. And there's still like not that many uh, verified people. See, I'm literally buying the checkmark because of this tweet. Uh, you have, and like... The the other thing paid eight dollars here. I got paid fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, like, um, and then you see, let's see, Christopher Franco for Congress getting mad. Uh, so I, I angered a politician by writing, ah, yes, the targeted harassment she was talking about. You did it, man. Uh, what do you mean targeted harassment? I'm not allowed to talk to politicians. Like, why can't like you see mic drop? Uh, you know, I, I don't really understand. Like it, it's great. Nice one, Jeremy. Uh, he, he, it's, it, it's completely ruining these people's sense of entitlement and that's why it's worth it. Even if it only lasts for a little while, um, you know, like it, it, it's what's, it's, what's happening is it's screwing with the law. It's screwing with the right people, the people that really felt like that check mark was everything to them. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then the media is pretending like it's this huge deal. Like Musk's new eight dollar a month Twitter verification scheme sparks chaos as fake accounts flood the site, impersonating the likes of LeBron James, Joe Biden, and Nintendo. And all, and it's like they're 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 putting this as like, well, that didn't take long at all. LOL. I'm officially requesting a trade. Thank you for Lakers Nation. You can very see it's King James with a Z. It is impersonation, and this account was banned. Companies, including Nintendo and Apple, have also found themselves being impersonated by verified accounts. Again, this account was banned. So the system is that if you use your verification tick, you get banned. So you wasted $8 to do that. You wasted $8 for clout that you'll never live to get. Uh, and there, there are actually people out there, like on the left, that, that are so angry about this checkmark thing that they're like creating accounts, paying to get verified to prove a point. When... The point, the only point you've proven is that you lose $8 because the people, these people all getting banned. And you see like, you know, Twitter blue checkmark impersonators include Mario giving the finger on the Nintendo account. So what? Lowe's the unverified verified blue check for donuts Trump. You can see it's real donuts Trump. Now this is not a parody account, so it will be banned. And again, this is what they bury in it. Quote, quote, all of these accounts were suspended by Twitter. Though the, uh, though the Mario one was left up, left up for nearly two hours. The media is scrambling so hard to try to make this seem like it's a disaster when, when the system's working. People are doing this for a meme, getting some likes and retweets and then immediately getting banned. It's no different than Photoshopping a fake tweet. You're paying $8 for a meme, which I 100% support, 
but the system's working and these people are getting banned. The right people are the ones that are really mad. And, and their biggest comeback, this is my favorite comeback, uh, is when people do this thing. Like, not even a good enough content creator for a real chark mark, LOL. This is such an incredible self-own. When you see people doing this, here's what you know they did. They clicked on your name. They went to your profile. Then they clicked on your check mark to bring up whether or not you're Twitter blue or you're verified. Then they have to take a screenshot of that. Then they have to reply to you on Twitter, post that screenshot, all to say that they totally don't care. It's one of the most hilarious self-owns that I've seen on Twitter. And uh, I absolutely love it. And you see uh, you know, Mark Cuban, from one entrepreneur to another, for when you have your customer service hat on, I just spent too much time muting all the newly purchased checkmark accounts in an attempt to make my verified mentions useful again. Hope this helps. Oh, Mark Cuban. Mark and Elon says, it's working for me. That said, we can definitely make that verified mentions tab more usable. Essentially, again, what they're saying is, oh, the plebs, the plebs are in my mentions tab. The plebs, gosh darn plebs. Even uh, here, Clay Travis, another journalist, actually a right-wing journalist or conservative journalist working for OutKick. Merck and I 100% agree on this. Oh, what? Oh, you saw a few regular people in your, in your menchies? Sorry, all this does is prove that it's actually working. And last up today, Elon Musk just sent a brutal email to Twitter staff, and the outrage is hilarious. It appears that Elon Musk has just sent his first email to Twitter staff, and it's uh, not exactly super upbeat. It's pretty straight to the point. Uh, it, it paints a pretty grim picture of uh, what it's going to be like to work at Twitter going forward. Now, for most of us, the idea of no longer being able to work from home isn't necessarily a deal breaker, but it is something that's become the norm in particular since the lockdowns and in Silicon Valley. Now I've incorrectly in the past kind of labeled all work at homers as lazy. That's not true. However, there are many people who do take advantage of work at home and it does hurt their productivity. You have to be the right kind of person to, to work from home. And not a lot of people are. Um, and this particular email on top of that shed some uh, pretty spicy meatballs on, uh, on Twitter staff. By the way, our big election post show today, five o'clock on this channel, me and Sydney Watson, perhaps some other special guests. I'd, we do it live. I'd really, really like you to be here. Uh, and um, also all the new people, uh, thanks for hanging around. Elon Musk ends remote working for Twitter staff and tells them to prepare for difficult times ahead in his first direct email to employees since taking over. He said there's no way to sugarcoat the economic outlook and the times ahead that are coming for everyone. Elon Musk has ended remote working for Twitter staff as he told the company to prepare for difficult times ahead in his first email to employees since taking over as CEO. The email sent the, uh, the email sent late last night said that, that there was no stated that there was no way to sugarcoat the economic outlook. I mean, I thought we were building back better, but whatever. According to Bloomberg, he said that the poor forecast will affect in advertising will affect an advertising dependent company such as Twitter. Well, of course, even YouTube. I've talked about how earnings on YouTube just aren't what they were last year, and they're certainly not what they were two years ago, even for like the same amount of views. In the email, he also announced he was banning working from home, expected staffers in office at least 40 hours a week. The hours are subject to conditions approved by him as the head of new Twitter. He said, the road ahead is arduous and will require intense work to succeed. Policies mentioned in last night's email are effective immediately. In his latest warning to new staff, just days after he sacked almost half of the company's global workforce, and of, uh, of 7,500. Musk's removal of remote working comes after Twitter previously established a permanent arrangement with staff members to allow them to work from anywhere. And look, by the way, you know, no disrespect to, to workers who now want to look for a different job based on this. There are a lot of people that when, you know, you say, okay, well, you can work from home permanently. They're going to make lifestyle changes. Maybe they're 
going to become the primary caregiver for their kids. And now if they have to come into the office, that makes big changes for them um, or, you know, things like that. So maybe they sold their car. They're like, I don't need a car because I don't have to drive to work. There's all sorts of stuff that this will kind of uh, create an issue with staff on. But I mean, that's how he works, man. He doesn't roll with stay at home work. The new Twitter head is against working from home and is only granting exceptions and in exemptions individually on a case by case basis. So maybe they'll have an option. Billionaire Musk has also taken away, quote, days of rest from Twitter staff calendars. This was a monthly company wide day off that was introduced during the lockdowns. Musk introduced a raft of changes since he became the head of Twitter almost two weeks ago. I mean, what the heck is a day of rest? That's called Saturday and Sunday, bro. Like, that's, 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 that's Saturday and Sunday. That's like four o'clock, it starts four o'clock on Friday. By the way, everyone that's tuning in, uh, there's been a whole bunch of new viewers to the channel, new subscribers. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. If you're watching and you're enjoying the coverage, obviously I cover more than just Elon Musk. Please do consider subscribing. I know it creates an issue if you don't have an account already and you might have to create one. Wherever you're watching, Rumble, BitChute, YouTube, Odyssey, I, I hope that I've earned your subscription. Um, don't do it just because I'm asking, but do it because you know you, you like the product. It's exceedingly helpful to creators. Uh, and it, it helps finding our, makes finding our videos easier and it lets YouTube know that people are actually watching the channel. The article continues. He's also pushing for users to pay $8 a month for the verification blue tick on Twitter and said then email to staff last night that he wants a social media site to make half of its revenue from subscriptions. Musk is also working on finding and suspending any verified bots, trolls, or spam over the next few days, according to a separate email. His announcement ending remote work for Twitter staff came hours after he pulled the plug on the new gray official label because he believed there's another it was another way of creating a two-class system. The badge was reserved for high-profile accounts such as media outlets and celebrities, but Musk ended it within hours of its rollout Wednesday morning. Along with it being a, quote, an aesthetic nightmare, the light-colored gray emblem wasn't addressing the fact that there are too many entities that would be considered official or have sort of a legacy blue checkmark, Musk said during a town hall meeting. But I go back to what I said earlier, which is that we're going to be extremely vigorous about eliminating deception, he said. If someone tries to impersonate a brand, the account will be suspended and we will keep their $8. Musk, however, is still moving full steam ahead with plans to charge $8 a month for the blue tick. He tweeted the blue check will be the great leveler minutes after removing the gray check. This is something that, you know, I agree with. We see, you know, earlier today I covered, you know, AOC having a complete melty over being forced to see uh, replies from the plebs. Um, and again, I've also talked about how you have to look at the bigger picture. The first dollar is the most difficult to get from customers. Elon knows that people are willing to pay $8 a month for a lot of things that they hardly use. Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. You use these things like once a week. There are millions of people that use Twitter all day long, every day. So all he has to do is add enough value to extract five to $10 out of each of those users and he could have Netflix level revenue. Maybe not Netflix level, but you get 100 million people paying $8 a month. That's 800 million a month. You're talking about 10 billion a year in revenue. Uh, he's making his money back pretty quick. That's not even including the ads. Now, ad supported is something that is a big deal. Um, maybe there'll be another tier of the blue check mark where you get the blue check, but you get the same number of ads and that's half price. Maybe that's the thing. Uh, you know, there, there could be, there are levels to this. And Elon is going to roll out additional features for Twitter, I'm telling you, that will entice people to make sure that they get, they pay their $8. And once he gets, I mean, look, if he gets 10 million people paying, it's 80 million a month in revenue. That's a billion dollars a year in additional revenue. If he gets 10, like I said, 10 million people a month, you're talking about making billions a year off the Twitter, off the check mark. If he gets 100 million, you know, 50 million paid subscribers, that's clearly the model he's going for. And I don't know why people didn't see that going into it, but I, I, to me, like, it just makes sense. 
Of course, video producer Marquez Brownlee tweeted that his second verification had disappeared, to which Musk responded, saying, I just ended it. The blue check was one once a coveted feature for users, but Musk feels it creates a lords and peasants system for those who have or don't have it. Again, I disagree with him on this. I think that they just needed to fix the verification system um, and and like let people who you know needed to be verified actually get verified, not have political bias, and then see how things went. Um, charging for it, however, though, has been amazing to watch. Uh, all the ver- you know all the existing verified blue check marks having complete meltdowns because they just they can't handle seeing plebes in their replies. Um, Musk is standing firm on his idea that Twitter will be extremely vigorous about eliminating deception of bots. But if I go back to what I said earlier, which is what we're going to be extremely vigorous about eliminating deception, he said while speaking via the platform's Twitter Spaces feature, which, by the way, could also get a lot better. If someone tries to impersonate a brand, they'll be gone, and they can keep doing that, and we'll just keep their $8 over and over again. Great, we can do it all day long. They will stop. He's right. He's 100% right about that. There are key points here. If the account is engaged in trickery, we will suspend it. Uh, They will try, of course, they will try. But it starts to get expensive, and they will start to need a lot of credit cards and a lot of phones. Remember that they'll be able to ban the card at the card level and the phone at the phone level. This is very, very smart. Um, You're going to need hundreds of phones and hundreds of different credit cards to be able to keep creating these accounts over and over again. It, It will remove... Like the, buying blue checks to impersonate people is not going to be financially tenable. It's just not. Um, will it do anything to remove bots? No, I don't think so. Um, but what it will do is make your, as more people get it, it will make your verified tab more like kind of clean. And I think that's what he's thinking about. It's going to be interesting to see. We've seen this Yol gentleman <clears throat> tweeting out a lot about, um, you know, uh, things changing for Twitter security or for uh, getting more secure. It's a Y-O-E-L, I think. Yeah, it's Yoel Roth. He tweeted out a big thread, which Twitter, you know, updated on our efforts to uh, combat hateful conduct. We've not only mitigated the recent surge in harmful behavior, but we've reduced impressions on this content in search by 95% relative to prior, uh, even prior baselines. We're continuing to make Twitter safer every day. We did two main things, suspended several hundred thousand, I'm sorry, several thousand of trolling and abusive accounts at the core of the surge, filtering tweets that we detected as hateful and abusive. Those steps take away many of the gratifications of trolling. Bans are frustrating and take work and resources to try and circumvent. Visibility filtering deprives trolls of the attention that they're trying to reach and get. You know, as, as a crazy leftist, leftist, Yoel seems to you know, be effective so far in his job as long as he doesn't allow his biases to kind of uh, allow Twitter to become what it was again. I'm fine with him keeping his job for now. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it. We'll see you tonight on Sydney's and I, Sydney Watson and I's election special, five o'clock central. We'll talk to you again real soon.